Okay, we are learning Daf Mem Hey. We're starting from right at the top. The Ahmed with the Gemara says he buys just to catch us up where we are in the middle of learning the Sugi of Rav Yosef's Hefker. Rav Hefker, we saw, has an idea, a principle that Hefker is Kimatana. Since Hefker is Kimatana, that means when I make something, Hefker is not becoming um, out of my possession right now. It's just, it's, 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 it's declared that it's omade, it is destined for other people to come and be Zoha and something that is currently mine. So I haven't given up, I haven't relinquished my ownership over it. I've just declared it that it's open for anyone to become a Zoha. Therefore, the impact of that is that according to Rabbi Yossi, if someone Zoha and a Hefker, although they're taking it from Hefker, the status of Hefker, but they are, really are is taking it from someone else's private possession. And that's why in the case of the two people traveling in the road, when one of them is mother and not from the other, there's no, there's no solution to put it on the rock and be mafkir according to Rabbi Yossi, because the person who picks it up, the subject of the nether, is still ultimately taking it from the other person. And so then we had a problem. Um, we had different, different steers and prices where we had, according to Rish Lakish, she was saying one price was going like Rabiosi, so then presumably another price, so Stam Brice should go like Rabiosi. The Gemara made an interesting assumption like that, and the, it didn't seem to work. So now that's what we're up to on the top of Mem. Hey, the Gemara sees by Zema, Hada Afkir Ba'ampe train, Hada Afkir Ba'ampe Tlasa. It depends whether or not you make the Hafkir in front of only two people, or whether or not you make the Hafkir in front of three. Meaning the Gemara is now saying that although Rabiosi holds Hafkir Kamatana, a whole new caveat, that's only if the person declared it to be Hafkar in a limited audience. He didn't say it to three people. He only said it to, to, to one person or two people. In that case, there we say it's limited not only in who heard it, but it's limited in terms of how effective it is. It's, it's less effective to make it completely ownerless. It's only effective to allow other people to be conate. Whereas Rabbi Yoshi would agree that if you were Mafkar something in front of three people or to a wide, broad audience where it's going to spread and this and that, then even Rabbi Yossi agrees that Hefker is not Kematana. Rabbi Yossi would agree that it becomes completely ownerless and there's no, there's no sense of bias on it at all. And then in a Hanami, um, he would be on the same page as the Rabbana. Now, the question is, how in the world do you understand such an idea? Like, what's the, what's the chilek if you said it to two people, one person, three people? What's, what's this idea that Rabbi Yossi's point, Hefker Kematana, is only because you didn't say it to three people? So the Ra'an explains that when there, you don't have so many people, so then you see... That, that it's like a matana. Just like a matana, you're only like trying to get it to a specific recipient. So, so to here, even though you're saying you're using the word hefker, since it's to a limited audience, you're just trying to get it to, to a few individuals. And since you're just trying to get it to a few individuals, Rabbi Yossi holds, it doesn't become ownerless. You're rather, you're just allowing them to be zochen it. Whereas if I say it to three people, so then it, it spreads like wildfire, it's just open to the world. If it's open to the world, so presumably your intent is for it to be totally ownerless. In other words, then it's not like a matana. Words, the point that we're saying is, the reason why Hefker wouldn't be like matana is that matana is unique to a specific party. I want you to get it. Hefker is open to anybody. So does that make a fundamental difference or not? The answer is, well, it depends how your Hefker is made. If your Hefker is made to a wide audience, three people know about it and therefore the whole world's going to know about it, so then it's not really going to be like a Matana because a Matana is to unique people, specified people, and here this is just totally open. So you told three people about it. Once you told three people about it, you know, it's out. Everything's out. Once it's out, so then Rebiosi agrees it's completely ownerless. So only for anyone to come and take, it's going to be ownerless. Whereas if, it was, if you only told one or two people, selected audience that hear about your Hefker, then we could say Hefker Kamatana and it doesn't become ownerless. And the Gemara backs this up. Whether it's a Hefker in front of three, it is Hefker. When it's a Hefker in front of two, it's not a Hefker. Now, the language in the Gemara is that in front of two, it's not a Hefker. But again, the round learns that the Pshat in the Gemara is not a Hefker in front of two. Of course, if you declare it Hefker in front of two people, it is. 
It just means something else. It's just saying that Rabbi Yossi's principle, well, what that that hefker kamatano will uh, limit how effective the hefker is. That's the point. When he says lo have a hefker, it is not hefker. It means to say that it is no longer. It, it, it is. It is rather still within the possession of the mafker. Meaning, although he has to allow other people to come and be zoch in it, but it's just like that hefker that is like matano. Whereas if I say it to three, there have a hefker. It's a full out blown. Hefker, where it's totally ownerless because of the fact that you left it only to the whole world. He says, So he's, not, he's really just cleaning something up a little bit. He's giving a different, a different spin on this about what this one, two, three business. Really, you could just tell one person who's Hefker, there's no difference. What's this idea that there should be a Hefker in front of uh, three? Reason is we want that it shouldn't lead to fighting because if you would have to, you would just tell let's say one or two people so what's going to happen is one person can quickly be zoch and then who's to testify about it? who's to testify that the guy that the guy said it was hefker and 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 therefore it belongs to the new to the new owner maybe the person who was mafkir is going to go back on his word and say after the other guy was already zoch and he's going to say oh yeah yeah that was always mine what hefker what are you talking about I was never mafkir so we want to back up we want to make sure that there's a system in place. Where there's two people who can testify, but if there's he only said it to two people and one of the parties was zoch in it, so he's he's an okay about davar. He's completely biased, so he can't testify. So he's out of the picture. So then he's only going to be his word against one other witness. So how does that work? So that's why the rabbanon said that there should always be um, three people around when you're being mafk or something. Is a new takanim with the rabbanon. Now, what's interesting is that where does that leave you in this in this second view of Rabbi Shua ben Levi? Is that now only within the view of Rabbi Yossi? Or is that even within the Rabbanon? Meaning, until now, with this whole discussion about there's a distinction, if you say to two or three, it's all been within Rabbiosi. The distinction has been, is Hafkir limited to be like Matana? That's where if you only say it to a select audience. Whereas you say it to a broad audience, there's three people, <coughs> so then the Hafkir is full, full out and it's, it's, it's completely ownerless. That was, that was the first statement from Rabbi Yochan. Rabbi Shuvan Levi now is coming along and explaining like really out of left field, that there's a new reason why you should have three people at a hafker, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything. It's just stop. A new reason that you want to prevent fighting, that if one of the parties, one of the people who hear it wants to be Zoha, who's going to be there to back up and, and testify that there was a hafker and prevent fighting? So therefore, the Rabbanon said that it's better to have uh, three people there. So that's Svar, Lachar, has nothing to do with Rabbi Yossi and the Rabbanon. And that's an interesting question to think about Lahalacha, if we don't pass them like Rabbi Yossi, is it preferable that when a person is mafk or something, there should be three people? And if you go like Rabbi Shuvah and Levi, that there's a new takana, that there's, it's preferable that there be three people, that's just stam, in order to bring out the, the mechanism that Rabbana activated by Hafkir, then that would be preferable. Where does that make a big difference that there should be Hafkir in front of three people? I mean, how often are we really being mafk our stuff anyway, right? So, so, so one of the places is um, sometimes it can come up by tefillah's kalim. Let's say, you don't, let's say you have a situation where there's no mikvah, so the halacha is it's better, at least preferable, at least that a person should, should, should be mafkir their kalim and use them betayar's hafkir um, and not, not use them as their own without, without labeling them. So if you could find the non-Jew to give it to and borrow it back, that's what seems to be from Shulchan Aruch, maybe that's also preferable, maybe a solution. But, but Al-Kopanim, another solution that's mentioned in the post is hafkir. If there's no mikvah, then you do hafkir. So Shaila is, what, how do you mafkir something? So this is Al-Kanam of the Rabbanim, you should be mafkir with there's an interesting another question about Nishloshi here. You know, it's like, does it have to be in their presence? You have to make them aware? How exactly is this Takana Darabanan working? Because really it's only to prevent the fighting. So these are things which are spoken about in the post. Here we go. It says the next parak. Hashu Tafin, you have partners here. They are partners, meaning that they own a property together. Let's just imagine there are two homes and they open up into a shared courtyard, which was a very common scenario back in the Mishnah time. So you have the partners 
who took a vow one from the other. So both are not allowed to benefit from each other, from each other or their property. So now the problem is, can we walk in our courtyard? Because think about it. Let's, let's think through what, what a shutzvah is. A shutzvah is when I own something together with you, what does that mean? We both own it. How does that work? So that means we both have rights to use it, but, but in what sense? Like how exactly do we, do we understand the nature of the, of the, of the shutzvah? So I can use it when I want. You can use it when you want. When I'm using it, am I using my thing or am I using your thing as well? And that's an interesting question. That really depends on the perspective. Now, let me just tell you a little bit of background. There's a big sugi on Shaz called Yesh Breira or Ain Breira. It's a question of whether things are determined retroactively or whether things are not determined retroactively. What's a classic question of Yesh Breira? Let's say, you know, there's two, uh, there's two Ruvains in town and, two Le- who, and each Ruvain is married to a Leah. And, and a sofa writes a get with the intent that Ruvain is going, with Ruvain is going to divorce his wife Leah. Which Ruvain? Which Leah? Right, there's two. So he says, whichever one will be determined. Whichever one. And then it's determined, you know, one of them, one of them uh, actually wants to use the get. Can it be determined now that that was the Ruvain and Leah that it was written for, and therefore it was written Lishma or not? That's like one form we have prayer. There are many other cases. I'm just giving you one off the top of my head. But Al-Kopanen, that's like a certain thing. You're, you're having Kavana, you're having a Das now, which will be determined based upon future events. The Das is for Reuven and Leah. Which Reuven and Leah? The one that's determined based upon what, what's going to be next week. So right now, that has a Din Das that I wrote the Lishma and the Get, or no? You can't say that there's like this retroactive determination that's saying that the Lishma was written for that Reuven and Leah. So that's like an interesting question. And over here too, if you think about it, it could work like that. And then what we're, we're entering into a partnership. So it's my courtyard and it's your courtyard. So whose is it at any given moment? Is it both of ours? So if you hold aim brera, things that cannot be determined retroactively, yeah, at every moment, it's always both of us. So how do, how do I use it? How do I use something that's not mine? The answer is, the only way it can work if you hold aim brera is that each of us have a lien on each other's property, basically. It's like it's mine and it's yours at every moment. So when I'm using it, I am using your thing, but I have a right to use your thing in addition to mine because that's, that's basically what we, what we agree to when we, uh, when, we, when we entered into this partnership. But in a Hanami, I'm really fundamentally you're using your yard as well. Whereas if you hold yesh brera, that things can be determined retroactively, then you don't need to get into that mess. It's much cleaner. The problem is we enter into a partnership, we're gonna use a yard. What, what, what's the nature of that partnership? Whenever you're using it, it's completely yours. Whenever I'm using it, it's completely mine. How does that work? But at the time we entered the partnership, I didn't know when you were going to use it, and I didn't know when I was going to use it. The tarot says, yesh brera. It's determined retroactively that in the moments that you go to use the courtyard, in the moment when you're using it, the, that's what the original partnership was meant to give you. And when I use it, then that's what the, 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 my, 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 my share in the partnership was meant to give me. And therefore, in every moment when a person is, is using the yard, he's not using anything of their, of, their, of their partners. He's only accessing his own yard. It's a very lumdish question. So how does it work when I, bottom line is, when we have a partnership and now we're walking through the courtyard, are we each walking through our own individual property? Or no, do we say that we're walking through our property and our friends just have a right to use this property as well? Why does that make such an afghanina now for us? Because we took a vow not to, to have benefit one from the other. So if you hold yesh brera, no problem. Because when I walk through the yard, I'm not benefiting from you. And the moment that I'm using the yard, it's determined retroactively, that's what the shutfus gives me. If it's determined retroactively, that's what the shutfus gives me, then I'm not benefiting from you, I'm benefiting from mine and mine only. Happens to be that when you walk through, it's yours. That's not a problem.
Whereas if you hold in Brera, then what? I'm always walking through my yard and also your yard. Just I normally have a right to do that. But if a nether was taken, then a nether can, 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 can undermine a person's rights. But if that's all it is, that I have a sheba, a right to use your thing, but if you ask your property to me, so then I can't use it. So let's read it inside. The Tanakama holds in Brera. Therefore, it's also to go into the Chatzar. <coughs> this is not a problem. This one is just entering into his own. And this one is only entering into his own. So therefore, it's not a problem. Now, we just have to speak out a very lumdish point from the Ran. What do you say from the Ran in the understanding of this? So how do we pass him in this? So give you so There's always a famous mess in, in terms of putting together everything, but this is one of the pieces in the mess. Is that the Gemara here later is going to say, Allah is like Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, which, which, which would seem to mean that each one is going into their own courtyard, not in the, in the moments of usage is determined that retroactively this is what their their chalik and the partnership gives them. So yesh brera. The problem is that the gemara elsewhere seems to paskin in brera. So how can we paskin like Rabbi Lazar and Yaakov and also paskin in brera? Isn't that what we're saying that the machlokas is if yesh in brera in brera? So there's different approaches. One approach, two approaches from the from the, the round shares. That's why it's such a long round, such a short daf. One approach from the ramban is that here it's not really brera. It's not really brera. Why? Partnership, that's just what partnership means. Partnership, it doesn't have to be determined retroactively. Brayra normally is hard. I wrote the get for Ruven and Leah. Which Ruven and Leah? Oh, the one that will be determined next week. Okay, maybe you can't do that. Ain't Brayra. Here, the partnership is that it's mine when I use it and it's yours when you use it. I don't have to say, I have to know when those moments are going to be. And it's retroactively. That's just what the partnership is. The partnership is that it's mine for my using and yours for your using. So it doesn't have to be that I'm really retroactively determining that's what I knew that when I made the partnership, it was going to be mine at 937 and yours at 942. It's not the shot. It not have to be Mavar that was mine at 937 and yours at 942. The nature of the partnership is that it is for my usage to use when I want and it's for your usage when you, when you want. You're overthinking it by saying, oh, am I walking, I'm walking through mine and yours and I just have a Sheba. That's what Yaakov's saying is that the nature of partnership is just different. It's, it doesn't have to work through, the, through, through a Brera scenario. It just has to work that, I'm, that it's mine for when I use it and it's yours when you use it. If so, Rebbe Lazar Yaakov isn't really based upon the principle of Brera. The Ran rejects that because the Gemara in Baba Kaman seems to say that Rebbe Lazar Yaakov holds Yesh Brera and based it upon this and he doesn't like it. So the Ran holds, no, you do need Brera. And we are Taka saying that the partnership gave it to me in 937 when I walked through and your Chilak and the partnership gave it to you in 942 when you walked through. It, it, it did really do it that way. Ah, so the question comes back. So the Ron explains that's true, but it's, it, it, it only less has to be determined retroactively. Meaning, in the case of the get, it's like we don't even know who, for who it's written until, until, until we, we retroactively decide who it is. It's written for Reuven and Leah. Which Reuven and Leah? We don't know. So the whole thing is hinging upon the future determination. So the whole thing, therefore, never has any significance. I can't write Lishma and say I wrote for the get Lishma when I don't even know who I wrote it for unless it's determined retroactively who that person was. So you can't determine retroactively who the get's written for. That's Ambrea. But here, most of it is very clear. We're in a partnership together. Is the partnership, what times does the partnership give me? And what times does the partnership give you? That's to be determined, and it will be determined retroactively. So those are, so to speak, the details of the shutfis are determined retroactively. It is determined retroactively. That's where the Ran is arguing in the Ramban. It is a retroactive determination that the shutfis gives me this time and the shutfis gives you that time, 100%. 
But since it's only the details, the timing, which is determined retroactively, as opposed to the whole essential idea, the whole das, which is determined retroactively, so then it's not a contradiction. Normally, when the whole das has to be determined retroactively, we reject Berit. We say Ein Berit. The get was not written Lishma, but we didn't know which Ruven and, 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 and Leah was written for. Our case, we're Be'etzem, we know what's going on. Just the question is the details, and for whose timing it is, there we pass in Yesh Berit can be determined retroactively.